Welcome to Faith, Life, and Inspiration with Tim Andes. I am your host, and today we'd like to talk about the subject of accountability. Uh, it's a difficult topic to approach. For many people, they don't understand what accountability is or why it's important and where it starts. Yeah, they might understand accountability is important, but they don't know how to create a culture of accountability. They just hope it will happen. And hope is not a strategy. Uh, today, So today we want to uh, talk about and discuss seven different truths about accountability, looking in God's word that could help us, um, whether we are uh, owner of a business or whether we are the husband of a home, there has to be accountability in the family, at work, wherever we are. Um, God is requiring that there be accountability and that he wants to see us be able to respond uh, um, at the different levels that we are at in our lives to be accountable and to show dependability as Christians ought to. And um, this can be um, in your home, with, between a spouse or with your children. We'll talk about that as well but also dealing with organizations and uh, having a business. Accountability is the key. Accountability doesn't just happen by chance. It has to be implemented. And so we'd like to discuss seven different uh, truths about accountability. The first one, and if we turn to 1 Timothy 4.12, is accountability starts with you. So if you want to turn to 1 Timothy chapter 4, 1 Timothy chapter 4, this is a common theme for many camps for youth or um, for young people in their life. It's a good thing to have. 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 12, And Timothy was a young man that was under the leadership of Paul in the scriptures, and his ministry grew and was a blessing to, the, to those in that time because he stayed faithful to Paul's um, teachings. Now in 1 Timothy 4.12, it says, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. That first part, let no man despise thy youth. And it doesn't matter how young you are or how old you are, um, but Timothy was a young man and Paul was telling him, Let no man despise that youth that you have. But be thou an example, and a young person can be an example. And also God is requiring and wanting them and wanting them to succeed and wanting them to be successful in life. But he has to see them leading by example in word, in what they talk about, in conversation, in love, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. And Timothy uh, was a young man that was used of the Lord mightily because he stayed faithful to that. And he didn't worry about what popular opinion told him or what people said about him. He only cared about what God wanted him to do. And that was his main thing and purpose in life was to be accountable to his Lord Jesus. Now, accountability, our first truth is that accountability starts with you. Leadership defines culture. And if you want to create a culture of accountability, then it has to start with you. People want to always change a company or they want to change people and it's not, it doesn't work that way. You need to model the behaviors that you want to see in your uh, organization or at home. You have to model that so then others will see and want and recognize that that's what they need to do. If you want people to take ownership, you have to be seen to 
seen taking ownership for your own um, actions or your own successes or failures. Many times, people don't know why anyone else is interested in what they're doing, but it's simply because they're watching you and they're seeing your life. And as it said in Timothy, there are people that are watching your example. And if you don't uh, step up, if you don't make, uh, when you make a commitment, you have to be seen meeting those commitments. And as a young person, there are commitments that we have and we want to keep those commitments and stay faithful, if, whether it's school or a part-time job or as an older person being an adult now and a, and a parent you have to be uh you have to be, you have commitments to take care of your family to provide for them so these commitments are very uh serious and need to be taken soberly and if we don't um rise up to our commitments and meet those then why should anyone be interested in what we are doing so you have to walk the talk if you want others to follow you uh to be accountable, you have to walk that accountability path and let others hold you accountable for whatever uh, you're doing. The second truth is you are accountable. So the first one was accountability starts with you. And another one is you are accountable. As the leader of your home or organization, you are accountable. You're accountable for any failures as well as any successes that your organization or your home may have. Accountability comes as part of a job description, which is why if you try to duck it, it will have a negative impact on the levels of accountability that already exist. And if we turn in our Bibles to Romans chapter 14, Romans 14, verse 12, it says, So then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. Everyone will give an account of himself to God. And God's the one that knoweth the heart, as it says in another place in the scriptures. We don't know all that goes on in a person's heart or their life. There's a lot of background things, knowledge that needs to be understood when you have to have this accountability talk with a person as a leader or in an organization or with even a family, a spouse, partners working together or friendships. When it comes to accountability, everyone has to give their account to God. And you want to be making sure you're finding yourself faithful and not coming up with excuses or reasons for why you didn't do something. If God reveals something to you that you need to do, you need to be quick to do whatever the Lord is wanting you to do. As it says here, we're going to give an account of whatever we've done. So it's important to realize on that day, there will be a day when we will give an account for, and there'll be a record playing of all that we have done in our lives and if we and the good things and the bad. And those good things though, that we've done, those things are the things that God likes to dwell on. He likes to dwell on the positive. And then the negative things, the mistakes that we've all made, he's always looking to see what our response was. And if we were quick to repent, quick to ask for forgiveness, God sees that and he smiles upon that person. And people that you might not even expect to be in heaven or to be there, those people will be there and they maybe have asked for forgiveness for things that you held against them or you, you kept it on them. But God has already forgiven that person and we want to move on. So you are accountable, and that's something we really need to uh, understand. And if we aren't accountable, it will have negative impacts 
on all levels of accountability, whether in your job or with your spouse. If you're not accountable, your relationship with your spouse will be broken. The third truth is accountability is not a one-time thing. Accountability is not a one-time something, sometime thing. It's an all-time thing. Those people who don't want to be accountable or held accountable are always looking for any opportunities to get out of it. Any slips or gaps in your accountability will give them the out they need to only be accountable when they see fit. You need to be seen uh, you need to be seen to be as being accountable at all times. And that goes back to the scripture of being faithful in even the little things that we do. We want to be found faithful doing what the, um, God wants us to do in all things. Now, it's very hard for that to happen. And sometimes people aren't even aware that they are supposed to be accountable for something because they haven't been given a job description or they haven't been given a clear uh, 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 outline of what they're supposed to do. And that's a communication problem within an organization or within a business or within a family. There's communication problems that happen and there's misunderstandings. And that all comes back to there isn't a clear accountability of what or how is this situation supposed to happen? What's supposed to take place for this situation to be resolved? The fourth truth is accountability applies to one and all. When you're looking to hold people accountable, you can't play favorites. You cannot let it slide with some people. Accountability has to be consistently requested of every one. It's kind of like a boss. He can't expect his employees to be at work at a certain time and then him show up three hours later. That would kill the morale of the team. It would kill the morale of of anyone that would see their boss coming in later. A good business, a good company or organization or even family, they'll wake up early. They'll be there on time. They'll be there um, and others can depend on them to be there at a certain time. So they're, they're not playing favorites. They don't let one person come in late and say, oh, this is, this is why they are allowed to come in late. This is why. Those are all excuses. And those things actually hinder that person and a team um, that are involved in that. Now, those people who don't want to be held accountable or held accountable, they're always looking for opportunities to get out of these things like we just said. Accountability, though, has to be consistently requested of everyone all the time. If you choose to let one person ignore their accountabilities, then it opens the door for others to be selectively accountable, too. For example, again, when you have a time when you're supposed to be at work and you start having some of your employees coming after the time of when they're supposed to be there. This causes a moral, morale issue within your team because it seems like there's people that are allowed to come later than you, come in late, leave early. Uh, they're not abiding by their uh, job description. And this causes a great um, uh, question within a team of where is the accountability of keeping people accountable to come to their job on time? And then the question arises, is this job even something they want or are they really helping benefit our team? Now, accountability, accountability when it, it has to be the same across from the leader all the way down, as we said. It applies to all. And you say, how is that even fair? How is that possible? Well, if you look in the scriptures, you'll look at the story of the talents. And one was given five talents, another two, and another one. 
And if you look at that simple example, in today's thinking, a lot of people, the way they think and operate, is they think everyone should have been given five talents. But the Lord didn't give them all the same amount. He gave them different amounts. He gave to one five, to one two, and to one one. <clears throat> Showing that he had trust or confidence in those different servants. But they all got some kind of talent. Now, the key is, what did they do with it? And they maybe didn't get a huge job description or exactly what to do, but those three servants were given something, and now the Lord wanted to step back, and he wanted to see what were they going to do with it. The first two were accountable. They were trustworthy. They were honest. And they proved that through their fruit, or what they manifested, by doubling what the Lord had given them. Now the last servant, he probably got the least. And he might have had an inferiority complex. Well, I'm making way less than, than the other ones. I'm, give, I'm being given less. There's nothing I can do. And he started to have fear come and operate in his life. And he decided to hide that talent and not use it um, to its full potential. And when the Lord came back, what did he do? He was very upset with that third servant. He had wasted his talent, and he actually gave that talent to the one who had the most talents now, 10 talents. And when you look at that and you step back, the Lord was trying to show us something that if you don't do or use your talent that God is giving you or stay in his will, then that person, the Lord, will take that person that does not stay faithful and he'll just step it aside. He'll let someone else rise up. He'll give it to another servant that's more faithful, that's staying dependent, depend, be staying dependable, that the Lord can rely on. And spiritually, that's how we want to be. Accountable. We want to be a, know that, recognize that God, we're accountable to God for all that we do, our wrongs, our mistakes, our failures, and also our successes. Now, the fifth truth is accountability cannot be delegated. You cannot delegate accountability. Accountability is something that has to be accepted for that person to feel accountable and have them take ownership. In my, uh, my class, we talk a lot about this, that you have to take ownership for your actions. And at my age and my kids that I have in my, in my school, in my grade 2-3 class, they're 7 and 8, they know the difference between right and and they know the difference between wrong, right and wrong. The best way to keep these young children able to accept accountability is to set them up to be successful. And that's what, as a good teacher, you're trying to set them up to be successful. And no one is going to take ownership and show accountability for something that they know or believe is going to fail. And if children don't believe that they can do it, they're just going to fail. They're going to start to believe that. They're not going to take ownership or pride in the work that they do because they already have in their minds they're going to fail. So my first job as a teacher is to try and break all those ideas or thoughts that really the devil puts into a child's mind and tries to make them think they're going to fail or they can't do something. But with the help of a teacher, I try to show them that we can cultivate a desire to learn something new that might be hard or difficult, and eventually they'll understand. And this is one of the teacher moments that teachers have, and they just love to see when children get a concept. In math, maybe like last week we talked about mental math um, a lot, in our ch and then I come, I come in next week and kids have done mental math homework for me. 
um, pages and pages because they just loved doing it and they got the concept. And so to get the concept, to find out, oh, I can do it is an amazing thing. And it really releases somebody. Now, if you want people to accept accountability, ask them if they have everything they need to be successful. And I constantly do this with my, my students in my class. Ask them, if you need something, is there something more I can do? I have a note jar in my class. If kids have questions or they're struggling with something, they can write it down and I can talk to them about it. Why do I do that? Because I want them to feel like they can come to me for anything so I can make them successful. When they say, yes, I can do this, I don't need any more help, then we've taken a step forward towards accepting accountability. Now I'm, the accountability goes back on them to pass that test, to get a better grade next time. It's not on the teacher. If they say no then um, and they need more help, I don't understand this, Mr. Andes, I need some help, then I would provide them ways to help them Whatever is missing in gaps in learning without them, without that though, they'll never become accountable. They'll always be children that are relying on others. Look, they'll be the one that's cheating and looking on others' um, tests. But I try and stress in my class that my children have a accountability for themselves, that God is watching them in their learning. And as long as they try their best, if it's an honest B or C, it's better than a cheating or dishonest A. Now, a, a part of this accountability cannot be delegated. A uh, clear job description really helps. And also, when working together in a marriage, it's important to have clearly defined roles. The husband is the head of the home, and the wife it has to come under that headship. But the husband is also under God's headship. And if the wife can see the husband is submitted to God, and then the wife can have confidence and trust in her husband, and the husband isn't a dictator telling his wife what to do, but then they'd be working together and they build a team relationship. It's a team. And a way to build a team is to have positive communication is a must. Another one is noticing the little things. And if you've been married or you're looking to get married, this here's a real good tip. It's to notice the little things your wife especially wives, they like affirmation, they like words of endearment, to let them know that you noticed something they did. It could be as small as making their lunch. They make a lunch for you and you say thank you for that. Or telling them that they look beautiful today. Telling them these little things can really defeat the devil, what he's fighting in their minds, putting it in their minds, and making them think the opposite. So to have this accountability though, you have to have a clear job description. Know your role. In a husband and a wife in a marriage, know your roles. In an in a, in a organization or business, you need to know your job description. That is the biggest failure of organization and in business is that people do not know their job description and they're trying to find and trying to do what they think they're supposed to do and then one day they find out or their boss thought they were doing a terrible job. Well, it wasn't that employee's fault. It was the fault of the leader to not tell them clearly what they are supposed to be doing. So to create this positive environment for a team, it doesn't take much. And what I've learned over the last little while, it doesn't take much. It takes 20 seconds to send a little text or to, to tap someone on the shoulder or say you're doing a good job. It doesn't take a lot of effort. And I'd really encourage anyone that would hear this to try this to be positive more in your family and see what happens. 
put the word in, in your family more. Have a little prayer time and you watch your family will change. The dynamics, the environment will change. And something I love that the prophet of God, Brother Branham, said that if you create the right atmosphere and the right environment, your children have a 98% better chance to receive the Holy Ghost. They have a better chance to want to fall in love with Jesus if we can create that right atmosphere. But we need to hold them accountable. Many people wonder or have a question. Uh, this is one question I'll just deal with right here. Is when, when do you hold your child accountable for their actions? And it's very clear in one place, Brother Branham says that it's when they know right from wrong. So when my children are in my class and they know right from wrong, and when they do wrong things, it's important, things that they should not do, that there's a consequence. And accountability has to have consequences. If you don't have a, accountability, you don't have consequences, a person will continue to do what they're doing. They cannot grow as a person. They'll become stagnant. And that will actually affect their professionalism. It will affect their performance and their results that comes out. Now, the next accountability truth is accountability is the difference between success and failure. When people don't take accountability and things start to go sideways, they don't, feel, they don't feel ownership. They go into spectator mode and watch as things fail. So they sit back and they literally will watch things fall apart. If they thought it would fail from the outset, it's even worse because they go into it and they're told, told you, they, I told you so mode. They go into this self-fulfilling fulfilled prophecy and they are now telling you, I told you this was going to happen. Whereas when people take ownership, if things start to go wrong, they step into solution mode. And that's the difference. There are those that have the I told you mode and they want to get out of there as soon as possible and tell you why they do things and they have every excuse in the book. But a real leader or a real team will go into solution mode. Teams that are successful are full of people that go into solution mode. They are full of people who are not only care about, but they take care of others. And in my experience, accountability is the single biggest differentiator between successful and an unsuccessful team. Whether it's a marriage, whether it's uh, a business, or whether it's an organization you work for, accountability is huge. If you don't have accountability, it's the difference between a successful and an unsuccessful marriage, a successful and unsuccessful business. So I would encourage you, take ownership. If things go to the wrong and, you, and something happens, take ownership of that and say, reflect, how can I work on that? If someone approaches you and tells you, you, you need to do better in this or you could improve here, I don't, the way I, I see that is that's a way, an opportunity to take a step forward and learn and grow. Now that's just how I am. Not everyone is like that. A lot of people take it personal as a personal attack and they become very introvert and they think about things in their mind and they overcomplicate things. And we don't want to have that happen because the devil is the one that tries to come into our minds and he'll try and bring all, all sorts of thoughts that cause division, that cause uh, uh, problems, that cause us to think things about others that we shouldn't even think. We want to make sure that root of bitterness or that our deep uh, some something that's happened in our past doesn't dictate our future 
um, and how we are going to approach or act on things. We need to be washed by the word. Now, the last truth, the seventh truth that I have for you today is you, you have to hold people accountable. You can't just tell people they're accountable and then lead them to it. Yes, it may work for some, but not for all. You need to set up review sessions. And we have these at schools, they have these review sessions where a principal will come in once a week or someone will come and talk to you and have a review session. Check in and see how people are doing. You'll, this serves uh, three different purposes. The first pur- purpose is it lets them know that they will be held accountable for the activities that they're doing. So if, if we go into a school setting, um, a teacher has to be accountable for what they're teaching. So that's why we do lesson planning, we do uh, unit plans, we do year plans. All this is behind the scenes and parents don't even know a lot of the times that all these things that teachers have to do behind the scenes and hours that it takes. A second thing, purpose it serves, it gives you an opportunity to provide support in case things start to go sideways. So it's an opportunity by making someone accountable and having these review sessions, it gives you an opportunity to provide support if things start to go sideways. You have built a relationship because you've had these review sessions, these check-ins. And some of these check-ins or um, review sessions might be 30 seconds or one minute, but they're good. They're building your relationship. And when you have to deal with something and say, you know what, you shouldn't have done that, a person can take that a lot better from a person that's built a rapport or relationship with that person. There's a saying that if you've got money in the bank with a person, you can do a lot more. They can trust you more. They'll be able to help you more. Um, And you can receive from that person because you have money in the bank. That means you've invested time in that person. You've, in, you've invested a lot of things into that person. And now you can go to them and say, you know what? We've we got to change this. We've got to tweak this. But people are too much on the other side and emotionally they're worried that they're going to hurt someone. Well, that's just because we haven't been having these review sessions. We haven't been checking in and seeing how people are doing. And if we've been doing that, and myself included, I'm including myself, maybe we need to do that more. We need to uh, have little uh, check-ins with people and just see how you're doing. And we're praying for you. We're thinking about you. These are all things that build positive relationships. And it also makes people feel a sense of others are caring about them. Now, the third purpose of having holding people accountable is it offers you the opportunity to, to offer praise and encouragement to move people further if things are going well. And that is very key in a team. I'll say that again. The purpose of holding people accountable is that it gives you the opportunity to offer praise and encouragement to move people further if things are going well. For example, with me and my wife, when we work together as a team, um, if I never praised my wife or told her that she cooked well, um, she would get a complex from that. The devil would create a complex. My husband never uh, is giving me a praise or encouraging me. Um, as well as if you think financially, when you work together and you have goals financially, and you look at it and you can see that you're making progress, you can tell your wife, great job, you've done well in the grocery budget or the cleaning area or the um, the the clothing budget. You've done well in these different areas. And that accountability, that monthly check-in that we have, actually we have short ones every two weeks and then we have a month month, month-to-month budget meeting 
and that's to talk about our finances, to hold each other accountable, to just talk about things, and we never are arguing or getting upset. It's very easy for us to talk about money, but that all takes time. It takes time, but it's creating a culture of accountability within a, a, a relationship. And this relationship has can grow and become stronger because you're held, holding each other accountable. Not holding it over their head and saying you're doing a bad job and always bringing out the negatives, but always on the positives. In my class um, at school, what I try to do is if I see a negative uh, behavior happening, I try to reinforce positive behaviors. And what you'll notice when you do that, another student that's doing something right is the student that's doing something wrong will be very quick, very quickly, they'll recognize they need to stop what they're doing. And this is something that we could do more of as a parent, even, uh, even as I have a little boy now and as he grows up. I want to be recognizing the positives and also the negatives. And when there's a negative thing, depending on the uh, situation, I must give a reasonable consequence for what that child is doing. Now, accountability is something that has to be worked out. There has to be a clear and consistent strategy on how it's going to be implemented and validated. It starts with you, though, and it has to apply at all times and to everyone. When you can do that, it will help you create a culture of accountability where your organization or your team or your um, partner and you will be able to start to hold itself, keep yourselves together and others accountable, which will have a map. And if you keep others together, uh, it will cause them to have a massive impact on their performance and on their results. Another question that I had was, how do I keep my partner or spouse accountable? Um, and for me, it takes time. In that first year when you're married, you're building a relationship with your partner or your spouse. And you're learning about them. You're learning and you'll never know everything. There's always new things you're learning about them. Um, and that's the beauty of getting married and having in this relationship. But to keep each other accountable should not be a dictator. It shouldn't be where you're holding it over their head and always telling and living a life, your wife living a life of fear or a husband living a life of fear. God doesn't do that to his children and neither should a husband to his wife. And so what I would encourage you if you're a husband listening today or a wife, have an accountability check. Have an accountability talk with each other. And this is one of the hardest things to do as a couple. Is recognizing that maybe you made some mistakes. Maybe you've done something wrong and you need to ask for forgiveness. And it might be something uh, naturally in your life. It might be financially, emotionally, something that you're going through. You need to keep open communication with your spouse. Because they are the closest friend or they should be the closest friend you have, someone that you can share your heart with and be open and communicate with them. So I encourage you, if you want to keep your partner or your spouse accountable, you also have to be accountable. So a way to do that is to work together. It's a team effort. So when your goals, you work together. If you don't meet a goal, you work together to find solution, go into solution mode, how can we do better? I hope this has helped someone that's been listening today. Uh, the seven truths that we talked about in accountability. Remember, accountability starts with you. You are accountable. And accountability is not a one-time thing. Accountability applies to one and all. Everyone must be held accountable, not some being given favorites. 
Accountability cannot be delegated. Accountability is the difference between success and failure. It's the difference between a successful marriage and a failing marriage. And I encourage you, hold yourself and hold others accountable because it only makes a team stronger and they can grow. I want to leave you off with a scripture in Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12, one of the four gospels. Luke was a doctor, a disciple of Christ. And in Luke chapter four, or 12, verse 47 and 48. 12, Luke 12, 47 and 48. It says, And that servant which knew his Lord's will and prepared not himself, neither did according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. But he that knew not and did commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes. And here's the key part. For unto whomsoever much is given of him shall be much required. And to whom men have committed much of him, much of him they will ask the more. And I'm asking you, be accountable. Do your, be faithful in the little things. If you have a little job, part-time job, and you're working at McDonald's, be faithful. Someone's noticing. There was someone in Seattle this last week. He just started working at Subways, and he said his manager came in one day, his district manager, his county manager, and he came in, and he asked the manager of the local store, and he said, has that boy been here for years? He's acting like he's been here for years. He'd only been there five days. And what, got, what, God, what I got from that was, here's a man that has a good work ethic. He's trying to work hard, and now others are noticing. He's being held accountable. And any job, that's what we need. We need to be held accountable. And don't forget, God is watching us. God is seeing us. And people might not recognize it all the time or give you that praise or that encouragement that we talked about that's so important in a team. They might not give it to you. But remember, God is watching you. I pray God bless you. May you have a wonderful day, a wonderful week. And until next time, May you have a life filled with faith, living by inspiration, being led by God. We pray that God bless you and keep you until the rapture. And may you have a wonderful Saturday and week. In Jesus' name, amen.